Welcome to this edition of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal Primary Election Podcast. I'm Gabriel Monte. Uh, joining me today is Mark Muir, who is one of three candidates for the Precinct 2 Justice of the Peace Republican primary election. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me today, Gabe. No problem. Uh, so first off, um, if do you uh, let's go through your background. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know where you're from and what you've done. Well, I was born and raised in Slayton, Texas. Grew up on a farm out in Slayton. I have a wife and a daughter. They both work at Texas Tech University. I've got two sons that are on the Lubbock Fire Department. I have a wonderful son-in-law and daughter-in-law plus four grandchildren. So growing up on the farm, you learned a, a lot of different things here in West Texas. And then uh, my dad went through the Carter administration of changes in farming. <laughs> and at that point in time, I made a decision that I was not going to stay in farming. So I pursued the financial services industry, helping families with their insurance and investment needs and retirement, retirement needs. Uh, and, and so um, can you talk a little bit about um, if you've run for public office before? I've never ran for public office so before. So this is your first kind of foray into, um, you know, an election? Yes, campaigning. it is. It's the uh, very first time. Uh, how, how do you like it so far? Well, it's exciting. It's yeah. never changing. <laughs> Anything that you thought and expected, it's a lot of times different than that. It's even more than that. <laughs> but it's been fun. We've had a, we've had a good time doing it. Okay. Uh, and so... Um, can you uh, talk a little bit about why you're seeking this office in particular? Well, first of all, we thought this would be a natural progression. I was looking for more to do and what would be a natural step in my life to take another step. So we felt it's a natural progression for us. And I was approached at one time to, to consider running for a public office, and then the JP office came up and we started thinking about it and praying about it and made a decision that we would start looking into it even more. And okay. as we started looking to, into it, we started seeing needs for our community. I learned right away that the, the justice, the peace, was a court for the people and by the people. It was designed where people are their own court. In other words, you could walk into the door, you didn't have to have an attorney with you, an attorney did not have to preside over the courts, and it could feel natural going into that position. And in combination with that, with the needs of I seen within our community as the changes are taking place in our community, I thought it might be a natural progression for me to make that move. Okay. I've worked with nonprofits, worked with grants, serve on different kind of boards and foundations, and from those areas we start seeing this need of people that's there. And I thought, well, I could use my skill sets with that need of people. Okay, and um, uh, I guess you kind of mentioned it a little bit in that last question, but can you talk about you know what experience um, you're bringing to, to this position? Well, I think what qualifies me is, is two main areas. Mm -hmm. One area is, is my background in financial services and insurance and investments for 20 years. I built a national organization across the United States. From that, you start gaining legal exposure, working with attorneys, working with people and solving problems. I became what's called an Office of Supervisory Jurisdiction, and that's an organization, a, a, a term for a person that would manage branch offices. Actually, they, they don't really manage, they supervise them on okay. the compliance side of the industry to make sure things are in order. And so through the, uh, 
the late 90s and early 2000s, there's sure. a lot of things going on in the investment industry, a lot of changes were going on. Right. So an OSJ would be the relief for the broker-dealer firm and also the regulatory community to go through to make sure things are done right and to handle problems and situations. So that's where I've got my legal exposure, that's where I've got a tremendous amount of business expo exposure working in the compliance arena. Okay, um, and you know the office also involves, uh, I guess, uh, some criminal class C misdemeanor um, uh, offenses. Uh, how do you feel you, you, you'll be able to, um, I guess, uh, approach those issues or handle those issues? Well, the first thing that will happen is you're going to be just and be fair and be impartial. The Texas Justice Court Training Center, every baby JP they call them, mm -hmm. will go through training in Austin. Right. You've got 80 something hours, 80 hours you take with that and it's divided up in different types of curriculum. And the state of Texas has put that together, they've done it for numerous years, so we'll get the training that we need there. So. The law is the law. We have to follow the law. Sure. Well, then we learn the areas that a JP can help work within the realm of that law. So it's somewhat of a cookie cutter type approach right. in understanding it. But also they provide a lot of experience and relief if you don't know the answers and need help with new things that come down, different memorandums that come down. Okay. Uh, and um, so what do you see, I guess, is the main responsibility of a justice of the peace? Well, we're going we're gonna to hear, hear caseloads and, and work with the caseloads that come through. We've right. got to handle the, the civil matters that come through, cases up to $10,000. Handle that. We'll have to handle the criminal activities uh, that come through, the traffic tickets, the DWIs, the truancies, and work with that. I think, I think in the JP office, it's not just about court at all. It's handling the workflow, the paper flow, making sure things are done speedily through that office because that office is going to process all that paper right. and all those cases. And a lot of times we're not seeing people, we're processing paper. So we have to make sure that those things are in place. And what I am going to do is first of all, I'm going to make myself available. Available to the public where if people have questions they can come in and ask. The questions that we can answer, we'll answer. Some of them we, we can't answer because we, right. we can't practice law there and uh, for them. And so we, we won't answer, but we're going to have this open door policy to, to let people come in. So it's the people's court with that. The other thing is that we're going to also do is we're going to look at a way we can meet the caseload, the people that come in at their uh, level and their time to some extent. What, what I would think about is I've seen this coming around quite a bit more. Maybe there's some cases that need to be held in the evening time. Right. Maybe we need to have it on the weekend so people don't have to take off work because they have to take off work. There's another thing they might have to deal with right. you know, with their job too. We might need to bring the case out to the people. if. That is an opportunity. We'll have to see what the, the county allows us to do okay. and that structure to, to work directly with the people. And then also workflow. That would be the third area that uh, we're going to look at is to make sure that the office is in tune the best with the time uh, that the county will allow us to work work within. Right. Uh, with, well, you've got all the electronic stuff and online stuff, it's all just starting to happen mm -hmm. here in Lubbock County and we're right. going to embrace that and make that sure that workflow moves smoothly. Okay. Uh, and um, you sort of tackled um, a little bit of this next question uh, with that last answer, but I kind of wanted to go a little uh, in, in depth on that uh, as far as, you know, do you plan on making any changes or do you see any sort of service or duty that's uh, underperformed um, at the 
uh, by the office right now? Well, I think anybody new coming in always has some ideas sure. of change. You know, that's that's just a natural change. And I believe the people that are in those offices do the best that they can do at the point in time that, that, that they're in those offices. Right. And uh, change-wise, I think, you know, technology is something that I feel needs embraced even more. So I'll be an advocate for that technology to, to work more with e-filing to help develop that as the county grows and develops. I want to be a part of that nurturing process okay. there. You know, getting things through faster and quicker, trying to keep things in the JP court, mm -hmm. take care of the things because if it goes through an appeal process, it puts right. another layer of time and, and occupancy right in another layer. Okay. So if we can work things through and work through the process and work with the parties that come through quicker right. and make it easier for them. Okay. Uh, and um, I know in, in your research or investigating the office, uh, do you plan on keeping the current staff or do you have your own team that you're going to bring with you? We're going to keep the same staff. That would be the prudent thing to do. They know what to do. They know how to work. Uh, they've been doing it for years. They may have some needs that need to be addressed to help mm -hmm. them work better. Again, back to a new person coming in right. can offer that. But my intentions are to keep the same staff as long as they're doing what they need to be doing and are qualified for that. Sometimes they just need uh, a little bit more support coming from a different area to even help them become more efficient. Right. Okay. Um, and um, so. Uh, you know, if this race ends up in a runoff election between you know two of your opponents, um, have, have you decided or have you thought, given any thought about um, which uh, candidate you throw your support behind? Well, we'll just see. Have to see how the race turns out. Really, okay. is, really is how we have to see. Okay, um, and uh, so um, you know, I'm kind of going through all my questions, but I just wanted to kind of uh, give you an opportunity to kind of uh, see if you have any. Uh, anything you want to uh, share with voters out there um, as far as like what your message is uh, for your campaign? Well, yes, I would, and thank you. Well, first of all, I'm committed to a life of service and trying to make a difference in people's lives. The people that know me have a long list of organizations that I've been a part of with my community service and the different organizations. I'm a conservative Christian also and a Republican. So I believe in the beliefs that are there, and that's part of my upbringing mm -hmm. as, we, uh, as we move forward with the election. I've experienced dealing with legal issues, compliance issues, uh, worked in the financial industry, like I said, 20-something plus years, right. and I believe that people need to be treated fairly. I believe with our economy growing, with Lubbock growing, the county growing, uh, different growth spurts of communities and different type of people are going to have to deal with. The court system has talked about even raising judicial limits from the 10,000 mm -hmm. in the civil court up to 15,000 or maybe even 20,000. Right. I'm used to adjusting with the times. I'm used to changing. I'm an opportunity seeker. I'm kind of a fixer. I like to fix things and make things work better. I like to use the current people's knowledge and wisdom that they have, their strengths they have, mm -hmm. and make them shine and make them even perform better. I believe that's our Christian responsibility that we have in this world, and I want to make sure that we, we take that. I am not using this position as a stepping stone either. Okay. I'm not using it as to, to get into a position and turn around and do something different. And if I'm elected by the people, I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay in this job and do this job for a series series of years, and then we'll make a transition. We want to leave the place better for the next person. Is what we want to do, Gabe. Okay. 
Um, well, uh, that's pretty much all the questions I have. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, the primary election is March 6. Early voting begins February 20 and ends on March 2. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. Thank you, Gabe. One thing, though, I want to want to mention sure. here. One thing I had, had forgot to put on the end. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of different organizations that that have worked with me and support me. I'm part of the Community Foundation of West Texas. I'm also that used to be the Lubbock Area Foundation. I'm also on the Catholic Foundation. I'm, uh, by a chairman of the Slayton Area Endowment Foundation, I'm a member of Lions Club, Chamber of Commerce. These all are such a wonderful group of people. Mm -hmm. And also recently received the endorsement from the Lubbock Professional Firefighters Association. Oh, okay. I have two sons on the fire department here in Lubbock, and it's exciting receiving that endorsement from the Lubbock Professional Firefighters Association. I see. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Gabe.